In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by... Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as we continue traveling through summer, we're going to spend some time in 1987 with a mad... 97. I'm sorry, 97. With a madcap adventure directed by Robert Townsend, starring not one, but two Academy Award winners. <laughs> Natalie DeSell, Troy Bear, and Academy Award winner Martin Landau, and Academy Award winner mm. Haley Berry in BAPS. The choice of Lynn Webb. But before we get to I that. Bet, I bet when they made this movie, they never suspected that at one day it would be introduced as featuring two, <laughs> two Academy. Academy Award winning. Lynn, here's the thing. I'm actually mistaken. There are three Academy Awards associated with this film because Ruth Carter did the costumes. Oh, wow. <laughs> How you like that? There are three. Well, there you go. Three Academy Award winners associated with this film. Well, there you go. The pedigree <laughs> was already there. That's right. But before greatness. But before we talk about this prestige project. <laughs> this sure to be soon criterion collection. <laughs> Member for your consideration. <laughs> they like play. They play like the the slow music. They do it in slow mo, and they show Martin Landau and Haley Berry dancing <laughs> at the at the gold tooth. Right, dancing at the gold tooth. Nineteen ninety sevens Baps. <laughs> Like they walk across with the hair and some type of outfit on. And in calligraphy, it says costumes by Ruth Carter. By Ruth Carter. <laughs> Academy Award winner Halle Berry, as you've never seen her before. And like it just shows her doing, doing, doing one of the many, many moments of physical comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. But before that, because <laughs> we keep it real classy on the show mission. Real, real classy. Before we get there, uh, shout out to everybody that is watching us right now live as we are streaming on YouTube on our Michelle Mission 
page as well as in the Michelle Mission Facebook group. Shout out to Aaron Fry, Deborah Battle, George Kimona, Bree Bree, Robert Monroe, and everybody out hey, there folks. who's checking us What's out. What's going on? We see you. Uh, Vince, we got some emails. Okay. We have an email in regards to our review last week of Deep Cover. This is an email from Ernest Bro. Hey, Ernest Bro. Hey, Vincent Lynn. I really enjoyed your breakdown of Deep Cover, one of my favorite films from that era. In my opinion, I believe Deep Cover to be a cult classic now. I can watch anytime it comes on. I discovered it totally by accident. I went to the theater to see Dark Man originally, okay. but it was sold out. Deep Cover was starting in 10 minutes and had no one in the theater, so I went in and walked out blown away. Great cast, great writing, and a fantastic story. Yeah. I have a question for you both. I realize that you don't really go into the TV spectrum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ernest is obviously just started listening to the show. <clears throat> but I was curious what your thoughts were of the PJ's animated series from the 90s, starring the voices of Loretta Devine, Eddie Murphy, and Janet Dubois, just to mention a few. I loved this show. It was the first time I had seen a black animated series, and they actually use black voices. Oh, I miss it. Thanks. Ernest. Okay. What'd you think of the PJs, Lynn? I thought that the PJs was um to some degree ahead of its time. Mm. Because it if I remember it was it wasn't claymation, but I think it was maybe like stop motion animation yeah. uh used in it. Yeah. Um so I thought that the look of it was really, really great. It I mean it it looked good. I thought that the humor of it, of the, of the episodes that I watch was a little hit and miss. Mm -hmm. Um, but in fairness, I didn't watch a lot of the show. Okay. And I can't, I can't remember why. I think maybe when it came on, I might have been actually, uh, working a job that kind of kept me from, you know, away from home during the hours that it that it aired and i've see, also seen to remember that it was a show that got bounced around the dial it did it did i remember that during this yeah i um it, it appropriately enough tonight i i thought like you i thought the the, the humor itself was a little juvenile a lot of it mm -hmm. but i appreciated how it humanized a demographic that wasn't being humanized that often you, you know, it, yeah. you know, it took place uh, as as the title um, alludes to in the projects, mm -hmm. and and it it was a farce, and there was a bit of fantasy, but but the the voice acting between Eddie Murphy and Loretta Devine, and I forget who else was involved, but there was a real warmth to it that I appreciated too, and and like you, I thought it was ahead of I I think it I think the PJs ages well. That's cool. And I wouldn't mind it coming back, frankly. That's good because I think the when you I think if you think about black animation, um, 
I don't know how many people's mind immediately go to the granddaddy of them all, Fat Albright. Uh, But for reasons outside of the obvious, Fat Albert, I don't think ages very well. Okay. Um, I think it sometimes can come off like a little bit. It cert- certainly can come off like a, a very special episode of Fat Albert almost like every episode yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, uh, so I don't, it, I, it's good to have a show like the PJs, uh, out there. Even a show like, uh, some people, don't not, uh, knock this show, but even a show like The Boondocks uh, right. had some very special moments in there every once in a while. Um, you know, let's be honest. The black animated series, they're few and far between. Few and far between. Uh, the, the Proud Family is another one that people rep for. Right. That's why we got to claim the Goofy movie. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. But, but I mean, you know, okay, we claim it. We claim the book Goofy movie. Right. It's, it's our little step cousin. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, we, 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 you know, we let Wayne head in before we let. Oh my the goofy goodness movie gracious. In. You, you pulled that one out. <laughs> I like Wayne you head, man. I did like Wayne head. I like Wayne head. I don't know about you, dog. I did. We got another email, Vince. Okay. This is from a uh, longtime listener, Sherry D. Hey, Sherry D. Hello, Lennon Vince. I'm in the process of catching up on some episodes that I've missed, and it's so good to hear your voices. I don't know what happened. I always listen to your podcast while commuting to work, but now I'm working remotely, and somehow I fell behind. Anyway, thank you for continuing your reviews for us in these crazy times. You know, I'm just going to stop right there for a minute. That is true. If you are a person who usually listens to your podcast, like when you're in commute <clears throat> to somewhere yeah. or driving across a long distance in these crazy times, it is easy to fall off your regular listening rotation. It's true. You know what I'm it's saying? It's true. I've, I've, I know that happened to me with more than a few of my podcasts. Yeah. Um, so I can feel her on right, that. Right, right. Well, we're glad you glad you searched us out, though. Most Make definitely. us part of your new she practices. Said, she continues, last week I watched a flick on YouTube, and I just wanted to share. It's from 1951, but it's so relevant to our current times. Forgive me if another missionary already shared about this film in one of the episodes that I missed. They didn't, but there is a link to this in the Facebook group. It's 1951's The Well. Oh. The plot. A little black girl falls down a well. As she's disappeared, it's believed she's been kidnapped. Soon, rumor has it that a white man kidnapped her. The town erupts in racial violence. White beat blacks, black beats white. There's even a white female who, just to get attention, starts a rumor that a black male was in some way inappropriate with her. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, the little girl is still in the well. This flick is so powerful and still so relevant. I highly recommend. Well, I'm going back to my homework, catching up on y'all. Thanks and be well. Best, Sherry D. Oh, thank you, Sherry D. And, and thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, yeah that sounds so really much. interesting. 
That is uh, the well sounds very good. Um, There were actually Aaron Fry give props what props to do put a post for this film in the Facebook group. Uh, The film is available on DVD, even though she says that she watched it on YouTube. Okay. Um, And I'm not saying that you can't watch it on YouTube, right? But it sounds like one of those type of movies, and I'm going sight unseen here, that if you are going to watch it, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to try and go buy a copy of it from Amazon. Because that's the only way that the powers that be know that we really do appreciate this type of work having our work accessible for us yes yes you know so i i would champion go watch this on uh go buy a copy from amazon even if you do watch it on youtube go support the people behind this film let them know that their film matters and that you want to check it that's out that's right and you want to own this you want this film on your that's shelf that's right that's right i i 100 agree Become a patron of the arts. Please do. Please do. Um, Aaron Fry is also hitting us up in the Facebook group, and I'm surprised that George Kimona hasn't backslapped us with this uh, first. Don't forget Star Trek Lower Decks starts Thursday. Is it this Thursday? Wow. August 6th. Star Trek Lower Decks, ladies and gentlemen, is the new animated star trek series that will be broadcasting and streaming on cbs all access starting this thursday uh there are clips available in the facebook group as well as all over youtube uh one of the uh uh, the black tribbles uh not me but one of the black tribbles and i can't say who has actually had the fortune of being able to watch the first episode i think think actually may have watched the first couple of episodes of the series and has given the show a rousing uh rousing uh support of approval um i am looking forward to it just from the clips it looks funny it's all about the people that man the lower decks of a a starship in the federation um Looks really cool. Have you seen the clips? I've seen next? the clips, and I believe Don Lewis is playing the captain of this ship, correct? Yes. Yes, she's voicing the captain. Um, so Don Lewis of but, I mean, world fame, getting in some yes. voice work. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but it looks good. It looks, it looks yeah, funny. Yeah, it looks funny so, what I saw. So I'm looking forward to it as well. So, so look forward on CBS All Access, all right? That's, that's our free plug for that. That's it. All right. I was about to say easy. I know Vince. You don't you don't like you don't like giving away the plug. Nope. <laughs> Not for free. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right. Um let's see what is happening in the Facebook. Oh no, Vince, you you wanted to uh, speak about <laughs> speaking um, speaking of free plugs. It's probably worth <laughs> acknowledging that that one of the big things that happened in the Black Arts over the weekend was uh, Beyonce's video album, Black is King. Yes. And Black is and, King. And as I've said several times on this show, 
I am not the biggest Beyonce fan at all, but you know, I, I go, I acknowledge her importance and my daughter is a fan and we sat down as a family and watched it. And I have to say as someone who is not the world's biggest Beyonce fan, Black is King is spectacular. It, really? It, it, it is a triumph. It really is. It is, it is so like, like Beyonce had a vision. She executed that mm-hmm. vision it is it has images that stay with you i have to say i, I thought about the a, a few films that we've talked about in the past that i've said the images have stayed with me you know whether we're talking about ganjin s or or you you know daughters of the dust or or mm-hmm. you you know my mm-hmm. beloved eve's bayou there there's imagery that is just as striking in this uh, the the way she centers blackness and African culture is is so intentional and so visionary and and I applaud her. I think more than half of the music I liked. So so hmm. so I I am I am completely on board with Black is King. So Black is King, uh, Beyonce's visual album, which is available on last plug Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, and it's kind of this loose retelling of the Lion King story, but it's very loose. Right, it's I was very, very loose. I was, I was reading where it says that the the film serves as a visual companion to the 2019 album The Lion King: colon, The Gift, a tie-in album curated by Beyonce for the 2019 remake. Yeah. Um, so that's the thread that kind of like binds it all together. Now, I will say as someone who has not watched it, but has seen the commercials for it, it does look like it might be a visually stunning piece of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which is, you know, only stands to reason with someone of Beyonce's, uh, 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 style and panache and her talent. Yeah, sure, yeah. and from know. what I understand, I think she financed it herself, or 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 you know she was in front of financing, and it shows. And it shows. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this previously before. I'm always a fan of well financed black art, mm-hmm. and she opened up the coffers for this, and it shows in every single facet of this project. Okay. So this is not right. somebody in the beehive talking. This is somebody like this is good stuff. So you're saying that I should sit down. I am saying and you should sit down and like watch it. King. And I'm saying between this and Lemonade, Beyonce is officially on my radar when she does something visual. Okay. All right. Because I was planning to sit and watch the uh live stream of dmx versus snoop dogg <laughs> but you're saying that i should watch black is king instead why can't you do both why can't well, you watch i've only got an hour well in in that case i think you might want to pick black is king really i think so and you know i love dmx really? because he talks exactly how he raps yes he does what do you mean I have to bring my own bat? I thought I could buy a bat. I'll take the plastic bats. You know what? Never mind. Just give me the receipts. 
<sighs> I'll carry the groceries myself. Anyone? What? Anyone want to go through Chick-fil-A? I'm uncomfortable with their politics, too. But that chicken sandwich is so good. What? Uh, what you really want? <laughs> but no, I just watched Black as King. Yes, yes. I don't know. And then, then maybe see. You know, I don't know. DMX will be a guest. Com- I don't know. Commentator on BBC News or something. <laughs> and now we're looking at the Falklands. <laughs> Tropical storms have knocked out the power. Local schools grappling with school in the fall with the COVID. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how I put DMX I on BBC News. It just. It, I don't. It know just where, seems like a good fit. To, to, to the, where that came It seems from. like DMX uh, should work for BBC News. Okay. All right. Vince. All right. Um. Oh my god. Uh, you make me make me lose my place sometimes. I'd be like, I'd be ready. I'd be ready. I know where I'm going, and then you'll just go left. And oh my god. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, okay. This is. Uh, I I saw this. Um, Lifetime and Robin Roberts are yeah. set to do the Mahalia Jackson yeah. story mm-hmm. with Danell Brooks. Yes. If it wasn't for the Clark Sisters movie, I would have completely ignored this news. <laughs> really? But after the Clark Sisters movie, I want to see anything that they have to do with uh, religious black women. Now, I, I don't know whether, are, are you saying that because you enjoy the Clark Sisters so much? Oh, or... I love the Clark Sisters movie. Okay. Okay. Ingenue because Ellis? It's... Is it Ingenue Ellis? I'm, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Ingenue Ellis. Ingenue Ellis should win all the awards. Emmys, okay. Oscars, Tonys, everything. Okay. So. All right. And I like Danielle Brooks. I've not, I like Danielle Brooks too. So I do like Danielle yeah. Brooks, um, and I'm a fan of Robin Roberts. I'll follow anything that Robin Roberts does. And um, Mahalia Jackson is is interesting. Watching Baps made me think of <laughs> Mahalia Jackson. No, to oh. follow. Okay. Watching Baps made me think of Halle Berry in the Dorothy Dandridge story. Okay. Okay. Which then made me think of, wow, it's cool that there was a movie about the life of Dorothy Dan. Yes. Right? But how many other great black women have stories that are also just as worthy of being told? Right. Right? And... It's interesting that to read about Mahalia Jackson, her story being being told because there's a there's a, a story that no one knows. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know anything about Mahalia Jackson outside of watching her sing. Right, right. You know? I know she was married a few times. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I mean, unfortunately, I mean, like, yo, that's that's par for the course back in the day. Well, so not, not gonna... necessarily for women. So that always kind of stuck mm. out to me that that Mahalia Jackson had like a gang of husbands. Hmm. But I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I'm looking oh, forward, yeah. forward to that. That is a that is a name that definitely should be uh you know above in, in light. Somebody portraying that story. Right, right. Yeah, looking forward and to Daniel that. Daniel Brooks uh, I'm and Daniel Brooks looks like a, a good casting yeah. for that. All right. All right. So I guess that is about all of the news that is going on. No, there was one more thing that you wanted to talk about. This was a a very untimely passing. Oh, right, right. We should probably, (coughs) excuse me, acknowledge Alan Parker, the the, the great director, Mm -hmm. Alan Parker, who we just spoke about within the past couple of months because he directed Fame. Yes. Yes. Alan Parker, who... uh, Passed away on the 31st of July. Um, noted, I would, you know, he's noted definitely for fame, but I mean, he is also a man that, I mean, I'm going to look at his his filmography right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he directed a fair he's amount got, of stuff. He directed Bugsy Malone, Midnight Express, uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, I watched that movie so Birdie. much when I was in college. What, Pink Floyd the Wall? Oh, that was a perennial midnight movie at our little theater really? on the campus. It is ridiculous okay. how many times I've seen The Wall. Wow. I, I've, I'm have pretty sure I've never... I've only seen clips yeah. of it. Because isn't part of it animated? Oh, yeah. It's it's like animation and and i think there may be some stop motion in it as well but it's yeah. it's, it's it's quite an experience he also directed birdie um and he directed uh here's a movie for you vince angel heart which starred mickey rourke robert de niro and lisa, and one lisa bonet yeah how many times did you watch uh angel heart before you realized it's not a bad movie uh once okay i've only seen it once and i thought it was pretty decent yeah i, I never returned right to it. right it's not bad i've seen it i think two or three times and it's not a bad movie yeah. it's like this is pretty good very pretty right. good and he also did and this is a film that will definitely resonate with uh our listeners 1988's mississippi burning yeah 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 that's said about well anyway, yeah 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 movie. yeah yeah but he did fame. So alan parker and angel heart he did fame and midnight and express. angel heart. he gave us angel heart and midnight express can't knock midnight yeah, express and midnight express is in your filmography hey yeah. you're a winner and pink me. floyd the wall and that as well yeah pink floyd the wall so alan parker rest in peace yes all right all right ladies and gentlemen it is time for us to get into our review of 1997's BAPS. BAPS. All right. BAPS. BAPS. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Uh, let's go. 
Support Black Podcast. Slip on a red shirt and beam aboard the USS Internet for all things Trek. The Red Shirts Podcast, available on redshirtspodcast.lipson.com, where three cool guys aren't afraid to don the dreaded Star Trek Red and let it all hang out. Join Craig, Q Storm, and Big Sexy for anything and everything involving the world of Star Trek. Check them out on iTunes. Check them out on Stitcher Radio. Check them out where you find podcasts. The Red Shirt Podcast. Remember, support Black Podcasts. Girl, we need to move on. And we need to get us some new jobs. Listen, y'all, I got the inside scoop on the biggest video edition to hit the airwaves. The video dance girl of the world. It's a sign from God. Me see you bugging. There's only one way we gonna find out. Let's go to LA. No, no, eat it, eat it. You might want to go on home now, because I'm here. <laughs> That's my girl. My boss is doing a music video. I thought you'd be perfect for it. How many C notes we talking here? Ten thousand dollars. Where he at? Live in large and take a charge, big boy. How did you get past security? Follow me. Lead the way, Alfred. Who is Alfred? You know, Batman's homeboy. Get him back, Kate. Get him back, Kate. <laughs> My uncle is a very sick man. That's sad. I'm not making a music video. This job involves an old man to make sure that his days are filled with kindness and love. I ain't giving up no booty. No. Check this out. They don't pay crazy cash for this. She look like Lakeisha Jenkins with a bad hair wig. I know you like golf and stuff, but you really need to be watching BET. Good morning, everybody. Don't forget my Ice Cube CD, Manly. A two-pack, two short, the dog pound, and pull up to the bumper, baby. You got that MAC-10, baby? Yeah. What's going on? What you know about that Luke Skywalker, huh? Uh, uh, get it, get it. Hey, why they got two toilets? You know how rich folks is. They got to feel like they got a choice in everything. What say we go on a shopping spree? Oh, today must be my lucky day. <laughs> Oh, it's so cool you down with us. You need to scoot over, because I ain't got no problem sleeping on this expensive white carpet, because I know it's poodle hair. Now then, who could be calling it this time? It's my boyfriend. He says you're tripping because you're in Hollywood, and he hopes you don't get played. Tell him he better hope his mama don't get played. Hello, sir. She hopes your mama don't get played. <laughs> 1997's BAPS is the story of two waitresses, Nisi, played by Haley Berry, and Mickey, played by Natalie DeSell, who decide to fly to Los Angeles for a music video audition in order to raise money for their dream project, a business that combines soul food dining and a hair salon. Circumstances eventually find the Southern ladies on the estate of Mr. Blakemore, played by Martin Landau, an elderly millionaire. Despite their vast cultural differences, Nisi and Mickey form close bonds with Blakemore, as well as his butler, played by Ian Richardson. 
directed by Robert Townsend with the screenplay by Troy Bear. BAPS was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what would you like to say about BAPS, the acronym for Black American Princesses? (laughs) I have a lot to say about BAPS. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm going to cut to the chase with BAPS, all right? BAPS is not a great movie. Okay. All right? Let's put it out there. Let's put it out there on Front Street. This is not world-breaking cinema, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the... um, the the second coming of comedy. This is not the second coming of 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 the screwball comedy in any way. Some might even say that BAPS, even though it features a original screenplay by the uh actress turned writer, director, and later self-help guru, uh Troy Bear or yeah, Bear, Bayer, B-E-Y-E-R. Um some might even say that BAPS is a bit of a knockoff of the Fat Boys movie, The Disorder. I said the same thing. It, it's the same plot. Because it's pretty much uh, like the same plot, like up and up and up and down the script. You know what I mean? Um, except that one starred the Fat Boys just being uh, a 80s rap group just trying to do their best Three Stooges impression. And this one stars Halle Berry and Natalie DeSalle trying to do their best Lucy Mm. and Ethel impression from the I Love Lucy show. Uh, Maybe modernized, urbanized for the setting and for the milieu in which the film takes place. You could say that about Babs. But what I will give Babs is that I don't think Babs, Troy Bear, in writing this film is trying to remake cinema or anything like that. I think what she's trying to do is just ha- write a fun movie. We'll never know how successful she was mm. because the story goes is that a lot of this film was rewritten on the set by the director Robert Townsend many of the uh, the jokes were kind of either massaged away or given uh, or, or just totally excised for Robert Townsend's brand of humor uh, making hit, making this more or less a Robert Townsend movie even though it's one of the few that he directed that he did not officially write. Right, correct. Miss Bear would go on to, while not disavow herself from the movie, and she actually stars, uh, plays a bit role in the movie, a pivotal bit role as, as a lawyer who comes in kind of like uh, three quarters of the way into the movie. Um, she didn't necessarily disavow herself of the film, but she definitely made it known that upon its release, she was not happy with the finished product of what had happened. And it's not hard to see where her displeasure comes from, because 
as a film that is supposed to be basically by its premise these two waitresses in you know in georgia and when you're introduced to them they're all bouffant up with crazy hair crazy gold fronts in their gold fronts um and dreams of pie in the sky of opening up a hair salon slash restaurant uh while working very menial jobs uh you're meant to believe that this is going to be like this maybe rags to riches comedy or if nothing else a fast-paced mad cat mad cat uh physical tour de force in front of the screen and Halle Berry, who up until this moment had pretty much only done, you know, either romantic movies such as Boomerang or more dramatic uh, scenery, uh, such as in Jungle Fever. I think it's Jungle Fever where she plays the uh, yeah the crackhead, the crack the crackhead. Uh, she pretty much had been seen in that light. Takes the opportunity to start to lend her name which was becoming more prominent at this time to this project and yo i want to do a crazy comedy and admittedly at that time she's going through a little bit of personal turmoil mm-hmm. so she's needing a little bit of an escape and this provides her the escape for her and you can see that she is throwing herself into this project Halle berry is having fun <laughs> in this movie Halle berry is displaying comedic chops in this movie she is displaying physical humor that will have you cracking up at the screen there is a scene in this movie which one holly berry i'm about to tell you there's a scene in this movie where she turns on and then has to find a way to turn off a bidet that I could not believe how much I found myself laughing at her shenanigans in that scene. I was like, okay, Holly, I see you got me laughing. You have me laughing. Left to her physical devices in this film, Halle Berry gets it over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Natalie DeSell. This is our introduction into Natalie DeSell. Natalie, um, this is while she's had bit roles before, this is her first uh, time above the marquee. Natalie DeSell, at this time, young in her career, mm-hmm. not the strongest actress in the world. I'm, not, I'm going to put it out there. However, she is someone, someone who has a presence about her, has a very a, a strong presence, strong sense of who she is, and is also going for it in this movie i was with her with every booyah that she was given the screen because it was only on the third booyah and turn that i realized that booyah was in her hair hair. i didn't even see it the first time so i was like yo i'm with you i am with you natalie to sell i am with these baps in this film Martin Landau, always been a huge fan of Martin Landau. He's in another movie. He's in another world. If you had told me 
that he was playing Bella Lugosi in this movie from the Ed Wood movie, I would have been, I would have said, yeah, you're right. Cause I don't know what he's on. Cause he's on something. He's got the good stuff. So <laughs> would you, so are, are you saying he could have gotten an Oscar for this too? Is that what you're saying? Ooh, Is that ooh, what you're saying? Ooh. That, 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 may, that may be a stretch. <laughs> that may be a stretch. That might be a stretch. This might have been his audition for Ed Wood. Right, right. And then he tightened it and up. He tightened it a then little he tightened bit. it up. Right. Tightened it up a little bit. Now, so all three of them are having fun in this film, as is uh, Manly, uh, played by Ian Richardson. He's having a good time in this film as well. And when they're asked to be physically engaging in the film, it works. Mm -hmm. The problem with this movie is unfortunately the same thing that is the problem with every Robert Townsend movie. And that is Robert Townsend. Mm. Robert Townsend, if, if Troy, if the screenwriter Troy Bear is to be believed, did a lot of rewriting of this film on the set. And if he did, his jokes flop. They do not land at all. And I believe, I would not, I, and I, I believe Miss Bear on this because the jokes have a Robert Townsend feel to them. They sound like they are just short of, of being cutting. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, remember absolutely. how we talked about absolutely. We talked about uh, Hollywood Shuffle and how you could almost discern the parts of the satire that were really biting were the parts that Keenan Ivory Wayans probably put in, sure. and sure. everything else that kind of like softened those edges uh, was Robert Townsend, and the proof was in every other movie that he has done without Keenan by his side. How soft and he, the the edges have been and softer and softer as all of his movies uh, continue. And I think it, it play, plays out in this film. There are moments in this, in this film where you're expecting them to go for it with these characters who are definitely from the other side of the tracks, you know, as the saying goes, they're definitely not, Let's say they're unrefined. Let's put it that way. And yet they don't, they, ne they never really inhabit that so much so that when the eventual turn is to take place in this film, as you know, it's going to be because you know, it's a rag to riches story. When the inevitable turn comes, you almost miss it because they're, you, they, there wasn't much of a turn. It, it wasn't a 180 turn. It wasn't even a 90 degree turn. It was maybe 30 degrees from where they're depicted throughout this film. Um, the film doesn't have uh, enough uh, guts about the satire that is laid right there in front of it. And that is to the detriment of the film. And the other way that he is the he is the um the, what is wrong with this film is his direction is very pedestrian, has zero energy. There are at least three montages in this in this film where you're supposed to 
be going from bit to bit to bit to bit to bit. There's a scene where uh, uh, um, Natalie DeSalle's character, um, Mickey, is cooking soul food right in the kitchen and everybody's around they're marveling how she's coming up with with uh pulling magic out of the hat in the kitchen and those that scene is supposed to pop you're supposed to be like right there with her and it's slow and it's dull and it has absolutely no energy there is a scene where the two girls go on a shopping spree and they are literally turning from outfit to outfit to outfit and it's i'm not saying it's supposed to be a wonder woman spin mm -hmm. it, it into the outfit but you i mean i think if if you hold your eyes open for a minute you can literally see them turn run to the to the dressing room change their costume and then come back for the for the rest of the turn that is how slow how lifeless that scene is i think that so many directing and editing choices mm -hmm. in this film are so poor and let down what honestly could have been just a no brains dumb fun night at the movies that that is the reason why this film despite the cult classic uh, or cultish following that it has developed over the year. And cause I don't know, I think classic might be a step too far, sure. but it has its fans. It has its yeah. fans, enough fans that it, it spawned a short run, uh, uh, stage, uh, adaptation mm -hmm. of it. So, but it's, it's those missteps by Robert Townsend that keep this from being a truly successful film. Like I said, I think Holly Berry's going for it. I think if this film has a little bit more energy than Hollywood and thus Holly Berry walks away from this probably with a lot more confidence to do a lot more comedies in her filmography because I think she has the chops. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the third time we've talked about her comedic talent. Uh, we, mm -hmm. you know, she has a, a moment or two in Boomerang and, and you remember, I think we were both really big fans of her performance in Why Do Fools yeah. Fall in Love? Yes. And yes. you're right. She's, she's a marvel in this. Like, like she, her commitment to the physical comedy in this is, is admirable for her to be even in 1997. Holly Berry. Mm -hmm. Like, like this is like she is well on her way to being the A-list black actress. And for her right. to commit, I'll tell you my favorite scene. Now, I think the bidet scene is great, but just talking about the commitment, there's a moment towards the end of the film where Nisi is talking about giving Martin Landau's Landau's character this energy drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the way that the film is shot, and I guess sort of blocked, Nisi's character is in the foreground. And the camera is focused on her. And she says, I'm going to give, mm -hmm. you know, the drink that my grandmother... And in the background, completely out of focus, Halle Berry is doing this type of spastic movement to yes, show yeah. how shocked she is. And it's amazing. Like, it really is a, a, a shame she hasn't done more comedy. Because she's hilarious. Um, she is. You, you know, I have to say, the your, your critique about 
Robert Townsend's direction, I think, is is spot on. I just don't know how much that's Robert Townsend. I think when you look at his body of work, I don't know mm-hmm. how interested Robert Townsend seems to be in the li- in the visual language of the storytelling. How, how interested he is in it or how schooled he is in it? Interested or schooled. At this point, we got a body of work. You, you know, we can talk about his training or what have you. But I think whether we're talking about Hollywood Shuffle or the five heartbeats or, you know, even something bizarre like Holiday Heart or Meteor Man, I think he's mm-hmm. much more interested in the story itself. So, you know, I'm going to okay. point, I'm going to shoot, and I just want to get the story across so that again i think you're absolutely right about the energy and the editing and and again this is very much a point and shoot exercise i also agree with you about robert townsend's lack of an edge but in my mind that is what made me ultimately like this film i think as as you said just i think this film was a real case of a bait and switch where you look, you look at the advertising, you look at the posters, you have these two women, you, you know, as, as you say, whatever euphemism you want to use unrefined ghetto, whatever, like whatever you're comfortable with using, you can tell by the, the advertising and everything around it that you're going to throw them into this fancy setting and as a viewer, you're going to watch the hijinks unfold. But one of the things I really like about Robert Townsend, one of the things I admire about Robert Townsend is he does have this almost humanist streak to him. Where you get the sense that he didn't want to mock these women. So that I think you're right, there isn't a turn, like there isn't this moment. Because from the very beginning... They're, they're, they're characters like like they have hopes and dreams and they have their own storylines. And and, you know, regardless of, of Halle Berry and her comedic talent, she is an actress. So she kind of mm-hmm. brings almost this depth to um to Nisi, even from the beginning, when when she's talking about getting this restaurant and she wants to dance and this, that and the other. And I agree it doesn't have any bite. But I almost don't want a bite from this. Like, I almost don't want... I don't want that movie, frankly. And and certainly, you, you know, I don't think a movie like that ages as well. Like, there aren't any jokes about them being low class. There are no jokes about, um, about Mickey's weight. There's no jokes like like it is all very. But I'm not. But I'm not saying I don't want that movie. I don't want that. No, no, either, no. I'm man. not saying you don't want that movie. But what I'm saying is, when you take the edge off, all of that goes with it. Like like he's very gentle with them. He's very earnest. And we've talked about this. Mm. This is Robert Townsend. Like there's this earnest nature to him in everything he makes. And I think it's reflected in this, like for this to be this film about these two women, you know, these two type of characters that, you know, they, they right. made versions of all through the nineties. I, I, 
I kind of like the gentility. I kind of like how gentle he is with them. Now, does that take? Uh, I mean, look, I do. I mean, uh, nah, nah, he's not gentle with them. I mean, you can. Now, to be fair, this may not be Robert Townsend. This may be what uh, he's given in the script by Troy Buyer. I don't know. Well, the only reason but, I give it to him is, again, it's a pattern. Like, like whether you're talking about Ving Rhames looking ridiculous in Holiday Heart, but still by the end, you're like pulling for him. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about the five heartbeats. We talked about, you know, his character Bobby in Hollywood Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Like film after film after film, there's this real kindness that he has that comes across on the screen. No, I hear you on that. But here's the thing. Especially now, go to Holiday Heart. Ben Rain's character is as crazy as he looks. There is an exploration of that character in the script. Okay. Right? And and even more uh shocking in that film is that by the end of Holiday Heart, you believe the turn in McCallate Williams uh character. Okay. Okay. Because remember, he's a big jerk at right, the end, right. and they walk off pretty much like a family. Right. I mean, he's a jerk in the beginning, right. and they walk off like a family at the right. end. He, he's you know actually I mean? an abusive drug dealer. Exactly. Yeah. But you, but you believe the turn by the end of that movie. That movie takes the opportunity, takes the time to ex, uh, give that character a little bit more depth to him that you can feel. Okay. I don't feel that there's any type of true exploration of that in to these characters in in Baps. And that's the bite that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a real exploration of their character. There's lip service paid to, yeah, they want to open up a salon and yeah, they want to do uh do the cooking and so you get one scene where uh Mickey it can make magic happen in sure. the kitchen, but that's really it. And you're talking about not mocking them. Uh, Mickey's character pretty much is just either a sidekick for Nisi or she's played as somebody who's very gullible by some, some jerk off trying to, uh, frame her for robin well is she gullible or is she naive okay maybe she's maybe okay gullible naive maybe she's half of one uh 50 cent of the other but either way i don't feel like there's any true exploration of that character especially considering that that storyline dies out right right before halfway mark of the movie no no you're 100 right but but again I kind of said gullible or naive because with that character, like I think she very much in another film could have been an almost mean spirited comic relief. You know, again, there's no joke at all about weight, which I think Mm -hmm. is, is amazing. She's man hungry. She's not even really man hungry. She just wants, she's not man. She just wants a man. Which in itself, I think, goes against this type of character. You know, the whole thing with the soul food. Like, 
you know, where she says I can throw down, but you, you call it lip service, but I like her saying, you know, this is healthy. Like I cook, like, I think there's enough there that again, in my mind, this is a conscious decision by Robert Townsend to not go for the low hanging fruit or the, I hear you or the not, mean joke. I hear you are not going, I hear you are not going for the mean joke, not going for the low hanging fruit. I see that. I'm with you. I'm fine with that. My problem is, is that I don't think that these characters are developed enough. And, okay. and like I said, maybe, maybe that is hand in hand is Robert Townsend's character uh, uh, fault with the screenplay that he was given. Maybe he wasn't given right. much to work right. with. Um, but that is one of the biggest faults of, of this film. And in in defense of Troy Byer in that in that regard, if that wasn't in the script, so let's say she's a first-time writer and maybe that's not in the script, right? right? Robert Townsend, by the time of 1997, he's the he's the trained professional in this situation. Sure. And everyone knows that the screenplay ain't nothing but the blueprint for the director. Right. So the director, especially if he's doing the rewriting as much as uh, Troy is uh, accusing him of, then it's incumbent upon him to make sure that more of that is in the film. And again, that I don't think is there. So I got it, it lands at his feet. Well, well, here's here's something. You know, I'm just sort of scrolling through Robert Townsend's filmography. You know, I think Bobby in Hollywood Shuffle is basically Robert Townsend, so I think he has a bit of characterization. Are there any characters really as kind of deeply created and built as the ones in Holiday Heart? Is Holiday Heart the best film by Robert Townsend if you're talking about characters? Well, if if you're talking about characters and if, and by characters you mean wholly original right, right, characters, wholly right. maybe because some people would say the five heartbeats, but that is definitely amalgamation. Right, right. They're of, just templates, you, you know. T- you, you right. Know. The, I, yeah, Holiday Heart might be. I'm just bugging out because I feel like what we're moving towards is everybody should watch Holiday Heart. Well, we said that. I know. I, we did say I just that. like to say it again. We were I just love the fact. I just love the fact that we are all wholly supportive of Holiday Heart. We are. <laughs> Trust me, it surprised us both. <laughs> now, all that being said, yeah, I would still recommend people watch Babs. Man. Babs. It was it was, look. I, I laughed. I laughed at this look, movie. You're talking about the characters, I will say I will there's the last thing I'll say about the lack of characterization. Halle Berry and, and they are having so much fun. I didn't even care. Like I didn't <laughs> even care. They're having a good time. They're having a it's a it's not a great movie. It's not a great movie, but it is also not. And and I think this is one of the few times over this our journey that we have disagreed with Roger Ebert. 
Like Roger Ebert really was offended oh. by this. Oh, he hates like, this like film. I thought Roger Ebert Roger Ebert acted like an old black man. Like he acted like he was in the civil rights movement or something. Like Roger Ebert, I think <laughs> Roger Ebert acted like this put black people back a hundred years. Oh yeah. And I don't think oh, yeah. it does. I, I do. I think there's a kindness in this. I think there's again, there's this gentle hand where he's not making fun of people, or or at least it's good natured fun. And it is a madcap. It is it's just nuts. And again, Halle Berry it, should make more comedies. She should. Uh, t- talking about since you brought up Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert gave this film the rare no stars rating. Oh yeah, calling, yeah it's infamous. Calling it, among other things, jaw droppingly bad. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, and he he included the film on his most hated list. Uh, conversely. Esther Ibrahim of the Washington Post wrote, despite its idiotic promotional trailers, BAPS is a very funny movie. And Lisa Allspector of the Chicago Reader called it absurdly broad comedy infused with classic emotions and set in sumptuously detailed environments. Okay. Well, <laughs> like, oh, slow down. Whoa. <laughs> so, so, slow down. Right, exactly. Uh, Ruth Carter was just getting started Ruth with this one, Carter right? Was, you think this is still on her resume? This is not okay. <laughs> this is not in, in on her resume. What it says for 1997, and in 1997, I worked with Halle Berry. Ah, I see what you <laughs> did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> And Martin Landau. And Martin That's Landau. Right. I've worked with my fellow Academy Award winners, Academy. Holly Berry. <laughs> right. And Martin Landau right. in 1997. <clears throat> Deborah Battle asked the question, do you think that Robert Townsend knows how to direct something that he didn't write? I don't know how to answer that because the only thing I can think of that he directed a lot that he, and you know, I know he's done some television work, but mm-hmm. you know, when you think about him on television, I don't know the answer to that. If this is the only, I mean, unlike you, I don't see much difference in quality between this and, 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 you know, once, once you leave Hollywood shuffle, which as we mentioned is sort of a team effort and, and the five heartbeats, which is his Citizen Kane. <laughs> I don't see much difference between the quality of this and and everything else he's made, which direction-wise, like I said, I think is okay. Well, I'm looking at his filmography. He's di- he directed uh you know, we've we've mentioned Hollywood Shuffle. Um You know, he did Raw. But that's a concert. He did film. Raw, Eddie Murphy Raw, The Five Heartbeats, Meteor Man. Uh, then he, you know, he was in television for a long time with The Parenthood. He did BAPS. He did uh, in 2000, he did Holiday Heart. Then he did Carmen, a hip hopera. Remember that? Vince? I do remember, remember that, that piece of work. I do. You made me watch. I do. Um, wait, 
that was my choice. I thought that was your choice. Oh no, 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 no! I don't believe that was my choice. Oh, did you um? Did you ever see Ten Thousand Black Men Named George? It was an HBO movie. No, I did not see that. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Mm. A Showtime movie, actually. Okay, yeah. Okay, it may not be bad. I mean, it's, uh, it stars uh, Andre Brower. Oh, he directed the Little Richard movie with Leon. The Leon scene in here made me laugh out loud. It was so funny. Yes, but was it a comedy? What, Little Richard or, or the Leon scene? The scene. Oh, I thought the scene was supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> I mean, th- th- I mean, you got to ask. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Oh, you mean a Leon scene in 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 uh, Baps in Baps where she sees him in a restaurant? Oh yeah, that was funny. That was that was that was funny. That was funny. That was a scene that went on a little bit too long. They 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 uh. Well, I didn't need the heavy D part. Yeah, I didn't need all that. <laughs> yeah, all you needed was the Howard Hewitt. The heavy uh, and Leon, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need you didn't need heavy D, but it makes sense to have heavy D because the film starts off with her going for uh, right. uh buying for a spot in heavy D's video. And I got to be honest, as someone who uh, for whom heavy D is my all time favorite rapper, it was it was kind of heartwarming to, to see. It him was again. nice to see Hev. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, big big head. Yeah. So So Lynn. Yes. Would you recommend BAPS? I just said everyone should see BAPS. Yeah. Everyone should see but see it in a group. See it in a like, group. Yeah. <laughs> definitely see it in a group. Or you could just kind of like talk your way through the slow mo slow movements, you know, and uh but yeah, it's I mean it's a silly movie. I agree. It's a silly movie. Go laugh at Halle Berry. <laughs> Look at Halle Berry fighting with a bidet. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a great, it's a great scene. scene. I will put that scene. And Natalie DeSalle's good in yeah. that scene, oh, too. Because yeah. she's like, oh, you're on my back. You're on my back. <laughs> I will put that scene right up there with not all, but a lot of the classic Lucille Ball, Vivian Vance scene. Yeah. I'll put that that with almost all of them. Yeah. Not all of not them. Not all of them. Not like the not like the 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 chocolate on the uh the chocolate uh, what's that? On the, on uh, what's it called? The I was going to say the treadmill. It's yeah, it's not a treadmill. It's the um Vince, you're the English major. <laughs> the English professor. The assembly line, the assembly line. Yeah. It the, right. the, yeah, that scene. It's the famous it's scene. It's the famous scene. It. Okay. But yes, right. it's very funny. I would definitely recommend people uh, see Baps. What say you? Vince? I would also recommend people see Baps. Again, I am a fan of funny Haley Berry, and this is a great example of that. Thank you. Thank you, Bree Bree. Conveyor, Conveyor Bell. Conveyor <laughs> Circle gets the square. Circle Thank you. Gets the Thank you. Square. Woo. Whew. That was, dude, I would have, I would have like, done the show over was, like about we just 11 o'clock at back. night when i was like yo i know it I now know. come back Vince. no <laughs> sometimes i listen to old episodes and we can't think of something and i yell at us on the podcast in my headphones 
Yes, I took my pills this morning. Why are you asking? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a funny feeling we get screamed at a lot on the podcast <laughs> by our listeners. I know I do. Yeah. I know I do. Because I hear I hear from I hear right, it. Right. It's like, oh Len. Shut up, Len. That's all I hear right oh. here. Like, <laughs> but it's with love. Yeah, so you say. Anyway. Before we tell people what we're going to be watching next week on the Michelle Mission, we invite you, send us your feedback. Email us at mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on all the social medias, Michaud Mission. If it's the social media, we're there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Join the Facebook group, Michaud Mission, where we have a lot of fun talking back with our missionaries. And like and subscribe to the Michaud Mission on YouTube where our show streams every single week. The Michelle Mission is available as a podcast for your download pleasure. This show will be available on Wednesday morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. It doesn't matter. Wherever you find podcasts, that's where you'll find the Michelle Mission. And we're also a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, the Podglomerate curated podcast for your listening pleasure. The Michelle Mission is available in an edited form as a radio show every Saturday afternoon on WPPM 106.5 FM Philly Cam. Philly Cam. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission 9 a.m. every Monday on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. All right, Vince. All right. What we watching next week? I am sort of kind of still in my noir bag, but only sort of kind of. I talked about the the couple of things that I've read, talking about the noirs by noirs, and all of them reference who is known as the godfather of black noir, which would have been the novelist Bill Cosby himself, Chester Himes. Of which we we've watched, aka Chester Himes, aka Chester Himes, yes, <laughs> who had three film adaptations of his work. We have watched two of them. We watched Rage, hmm. a, a Rage of in Harlem, and we watched Cotton Comes to Harlem. Oh yes. Next week, we will finish the trifecta and watch the film that was a direct sequel to Cotton Comes to Harlem. Oh, man. Where are we going, Vince? Where are we going? We're going to 1970s Harlem once again with Raymond St. Jock. Yeah. Your friend and mine, Godfrey Cambridge. Yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going? And we're going to ask for Comeback Charleston Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Comeback Charleston Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Infamous uh, to me because I spent over a decade chasing down the soundtrack and the score by one Donny Hathaway. Oh wow, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that. So next week, come back, oh, Charleston is, Blue. This is good. I've never seen this movie. Here's the crazy thing. I have seen it. I don't remember anything about it, which I don't know what that means. Uh-oh. I always think about come back, Charles. I always think about Cotton comes to Harlem. 
but I was trying okay. to remember what happened in Comeback Charleston Blue, and I couldn't. Mm. Which made mm. me go, huh. Mm. See, that's like the In the Heat of the Night. I've seen In the Heat of the Night, but I never saw the sequel. Uh, what's it? Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Tibbs. Oh, they call me Mr. Tibbs. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Yeah, I never saw him. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Oh, you ain't said nothing but a word then. So I guess you didn't see the, mm. the third film in the Tibbs trilogy, The Organization. No. <laughs> oh, no, see. I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, see. <laughs> you about to fool around and do some scheduling. No, I got my summer crazies all lined Your up. Your summer oh, crazies. All right. Yes, it's all crazy. It's all crazy movies all summer. All right. It's, it's, it's insane. Wait, wait. I can't. I can't wait to get to the end of next week so I can tell you what we're going to be watching. All right. I can't. I can't wait. But we got to get to the end. But we got to get to the end. So that's what we'll we be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen. Come back, Charleston Blue, here on the Michelle Mission. Until then. Thank you for watching. Please, each and every one of you, be safe, be well, mask up. He's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, as always, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.